God measures greatness not in terms of status, but rather in service. And this is what I want to talk to you about today, because in the secular world, how many people serves you on a daily basis determines your greatness. In the kingdom, it's the other way around. How many people do you serve? This speaks louder than words. In the Bible, we see the word leader three times. On the contrary, we see the word servant over 300 times, meaning we need some more servanthood seminars. We've got enough leadership conferences. What we need is to raise up some servant leaders. Is anybody with me? Remember the early church. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, the twelve sat around the table and they argued about who was the greatest among them. But Jesus interrupted the conversation and said, this should not be so. If you want to be great, you have to humble yourselves and serve one another. And in this moment, he grabbed a towel and washed their feet. And Simon Peter said, no, you you can't wash my feet, never. And, and, And Jesus said, if you want to be a part of me, you have to remember to humble yourself. And the only way that you can serve God is to serve people. If you're not serving people, you're not serving God. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He walked out of that upper room, he was betrayed with a kiss, and he was beat all night long, and he hung on a cross. And he gave his life for his friends. Matthew 28, 20. Galatians 6:10 goes on to say, Whenever we have the opportunity, do good to all people, especially to the household of believers. See, if you're too big to do the little things, you're too little to do the great things. I'm going to say that again. If you're too big, pompous, prideful, to do the the small, little things, you're too little to do the great and mighty things. Think about this. Jesus, the Son of God, okay, great in power, He took care of the kids. Jesus had a children's ministry. He said, forsake not the little kids. Let them come to me and sit in my lap. Jesus cooked breakfast for the twelve. This was his custom, fresh bread and fish. The Son of God wrapped in skin. Think about this. He preached and he performed miracles, but he was never too big to serve people. He hugged the leper. He traveled great lengths to heal people. He cried with his friends. He was a friend of sinners. Think about this. And I've learned if we're not careful, the bright lights on the stage can make you blind. The money, the accolades, the the first world mentality. Is anybody with me? It's something about serving in the shadows that the Lord loves. Do you know why? Because many people start out as servants, but they end up as celebrities. If you want to make it to the top, Love one another. Serve one another. Class is always in session. And the Lord is looking at you today. Everything that we do is a test. 
It's a test. Are you passing the servant test? It's the most important button on the elevator. It's called service. We need to get serviced. If the servant light comes on, something's wrong. Slow down and remember that this is the most important thing that we can do for one another. Real spiritual leaders serve. The least of these, the unloved and the lost. I'm telling you, the Lord sits high and He looks low. He looks for this attribute. And it is so important for you and me to understand this principle. God loves it. When we humble ourselves and serve. It's the hidden parts of every machine. It's the hidden parts of the body that are, that are the most important. You can't see my heart and my lungs and my kidneys. But they are the most important parts of my body. Many people look on the outside, but God looks upon the heart He sees your service. He sees when you pray for your enemies. It's the doctrine of servanthood. Hebrews 13 says, 13, 17 says, it's my duty to deploy you into servanthood. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, to throw yourself into ministry. Philippians 2, 25, Ephesians 4, 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, straight out of the scripture, serve, serve, serve. This is the heart of God. We see the heart of servanthood In the life of Christ. If you want to know who God is. Look at the life of Jesus. And we see him serving. From the beginning. To the end. And at the end of time. You will stand before the Lord. And he will ask you. What did you do with what I gave you. And you will be rewarded. According to. Your faithfulness. Your love. And your humility. And I believe that you will be blessed because you blessed others. Is anybody with me today? I wanted to start this podcast with a a little devotion, if you will, to prime the pump. The Lord has been speaking to me about this reality. And as evangelists, we wear a, a bunch of different hats. See, we are the extension of the local church and 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 we do so much, but this past month we were able to go to a third world country and we actually hosted a servanthood seminar, if you will. We called it Operation Beautiful Feet. We had a persecuted pastors conference in North India and it was one of the most powerful events that we've ever hosted to date. It was so powerful. And I want to unpack what happened because it touched me deeply. You know, one of my best friends, he lives in New York City. He was born and bred in India, and his father took me to India about 15 years ago. And now I've been to India 10 or 11 times, and it's one of my favorite places to go because five of the world's most prominent religions were birthed in that nation. It's a very spiritual place. And, and everybody talks about God, little g, okay? But very few of them know who God really is. 
And so we were able to go to North India, which is one of the most persecuted places on the planet. And the ministry that we partnered with there, um, they're a networking ministry. And so I'm not gonna I'm gonna refrain from using names because these men and these women have literally been to jail for preaching the gospel. And so they, they partner with thousands of churches. In fact, one of the churches that we partnered with was one of the oldest churches in this city, Varanasi. And they had five locations and 800 house churches. And this is just one ministry, that this networking ministry um, partners with. And so he reached out to his network and he brought in 125 pastors that had been put in prison for preaching the gospel. And we hosted them for two days and, and, and we listened to their stories and, and we ate together and we prayed together and we encouraged them with the word. I preached two messages on the first day. Um, I preached on the power of the Holy Spirit and the progression of persecution in the New Testament. And it, it, was, so, it, was, it was so humbling to speak to the real heroes, as I call them. They are the real heroes. Yes, persecution has different forms and fashions, but these men, many of them, had been to jail recently. In fact, there was one pastor that was just released on Monday morning, and he came to the conference. And when we heard his story, he said, I'm ready to go back because God used me in that jail cell to share the gospel with people that have never heard it before. He said he was ready to go back to jail. <laughs> And we hear the ramifications of doing things wrong because I've been to jail for doing things wrong. Is anybody with me? But, but what about the ramifications of doing something right? These men are literally risking their lives for the sake of the gospel. There was another um, father and son and they had got out of jail on Sunday morning, on Palm Sunday, and they traveled five to six hours to get to our conference. And they were, they were beautiful. And to listen to their testimony, it touched my heart. It was so humbling. So we broke bread together. We encouraged one another with the word. And the best part is we were able to give every pastor a suitcase, a leather, a very nice leather handbag, traveling bag. We gave them a new pair of slacks, a new dress shirt, a new pair of socks, and a brand new pair of shoes. Come on. A stack of Bibles. Um, we, we, we anointed them with oil. We washed their feet. We prayed for a fresh impartation of the Holy Spirit and fire. We cried. We danced. We laughed. I'm telling you, Operation Beautiful Feet was a great success. And as we talked afterwards and debriefed amongst ourselves, we determined that this was one of the most powerful things that we've ever done as a ministry, and we want to do it again. But next time, we want to go back for a week and have two, maybe three, of these persecuted pastors' conferences all over India. Because, think about this, think about this, if you're not being persecuted for your faith, are you really preaching the pure gospel? 
There's so many teachers and pastors and leaders, and, and, and some of them may be doing a good work, but if you are not being persecuted, are you really participating in the bold proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ? And so when we looked at these men, what we saw was Joel's army. We saw the cream of the crop. They, they had literally been beaten, stabbed some of them. Their stories, even the women, there, there were some women there, the wives, and, and you know they have a hard time getting a job. They're the, the bottom of the caste system. Um, they, they can't make money. They, it's hard to make ends meet. And so we're looking at the army of the Lord, and we're like, listen, the key to reaching the nation, and the Lord taught me this years ago, the first time I went to India, I went to a healing hospital. It's a place where sick people go to die because the doctors cannot do anything for them. And there's people that live there and they fast and pray. And so when people come in to die, they pray for a miracle to happen before their eyes. And so we went to pray for sick people. This was the very first time I ever went to India. And, and, and that touched my heart. But at the end, we got together as a group and we prayed. And there was an old lady at the end of the prayer. She looked at me and she began to prophesy. And she wrapped a prayer shawl around my neck. And when you walk into my office today, you'll see that prayer shawl hanging on the chair behind my desk. The, the chair that I sit in every day when I go into my office. And on that prayer shawl is a key. I don't even think she put this together, but, but the symbol for their tribe, it looks like an old key. And she told me that God was giving me the key to the nations, that I would travel the world and I would preach the gospel to some of the most unreached areas in the world. And today we see the fulfillment of that prophecy, especially in India. You know, our heart has been turned toward this nation. It, it, it surpassed China recently. There's more people living in India than China. So we believe that there's going to be more people saved in India than any other nation in the world as we step into the, this great end time revival. I'm preaching myself happy up in here. But the key to the nation is people, okay, Native people reaching people. Natives reaching natives. And so we want to raise up these pastors, encourage them, pray for them, and send them back out. Okay, kind of like, um, you know, the man that was broken down on the side of the road and the priest passed him by, right? He was the good Samaritan he came along and he bandaged his wounds. He put him in a spiritual hospital. He said, whatever I need to do, tell me and I'll make it happen. But I want to see this man healed. And So these men, many of them have been discouraged and they wept. When we washed their feet, they wept like little babies. And, and, and I just don't know what they felt in their heart, but I know that something supernatural was taking place in that conference center. 
as we met for two days. And so we called it Operation Beautiful Feet because we wanted to buy them a new pair of shoes. And there was a man that stood up and said that he had not had a pair of shoes in 22 years, that he wore some old dirty sandals. And we took those sandals off and we washed those dirty feet and we prayed and then we gave them a new pair of socks. And I'm telling you, the, the smiles on their face, they loved it so much. And so I want to say thank you to every person that gave. Thank you to every person who prayed. It was a great success. And we're going to do another podcast next week on our crusade in Pakistan. And then the following week, we're going to do a, a podcast on world religions. There's so many people that have questions and, and our EMT school, this, what it's, this is what it's all about, is we're, we're going to raise up the next generation of evangelists and missionaries, and we're going to send them out into the world. And so I've got so much that I want to say, but this is the doctrine of servanthood. We want to deploy you into ministry to wash other people's feet, spiritually speaking, For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, to give His life as a ransom for many. God measures greatness not in terms of status, but rather in service. And this speaks louder than words. The only way you can serve God is to serve people. And if you're not serving people, you're not serving God. And there's so many ways to do this. But recently, this was a great expression, especially for an American to go to India and to get down on his knees and to wash dirty feet. And it didn't dawn on us until we got to Varanasi, but we were in the middle of Passion Week. It had so much symbolism, if you will. But see... The eyes of the Lord, they look to and fro throughout the earth and He's looking for somebody that is is fully dedicated unto service. So pray for your enemies. Don't let anything hold you back from serving people. If you will humble yourself in due season, the Lord will lift you up. And what you do for people, God will do for you. Everything that you do in life is a seed. Time, seed, and harvest. And you will reap what you have sown. So I want to say today, serve, serve, serve. Oh, how beautiful are the feet of those who carry the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Keep going. Let's put the go back into the gospel and go serve, serve, serve in the name of Jesus. Amen. This program was made possible by the generous partners and friends of Chance Walters Ministries International. Until next time, we are on the Revival Road. For more information, download our free ministry app or go to our website at www.chancewalters.org. Indeed, the best is yet to come.